Well, it is good to see everybody back. Um, it was just uh, a few months ago, I was actually hanging out with uh, a really good friend of mine. We were getting some breakfast in Boulder and we were just catching up. And see, my friend here, he is kind of a hard-charging business guy, entrepreneurial dude, has been very successful. And he starts pitching to me just some new business ideas he has. So he's like, hey, Brian, it could kind of go this direction. And I, maybe I could even make this much money. It could kind of look like that. He's like, but I could also go down this route and then could probably see this happen and then all those different options. Or I could even do this thing. And then maybe that would even happen. And after he started going through all these scenarios, I, I couldn't help myself. I, I just stopped him for a minute. I said, dude, can I just ask you one question? What do you want? I understand you got all these uh, business models and ideas and all this money you can make, but I just want to know, what do you want? What do you want to do? And here's what kind of surprised me. I could see it in his face a little bit. I mean, this is a dude who kind of knows what he wants. And he kind of looked at me a little bit like, I didn't even know I could do that. Like, can I actually have what I want? I thought this was just about business or something. Like, I can actually have what I want? And I've found, though, that that is actually a harder question to answer than you may think. What do you want? Because think about how this often goes. We don't realize it, but so many times what we want is just what other people want for us. And so you have people come to your life like, oh, you should buy that. You should date that person. Oh my gosh, you should definitely take that job. And you just start doing stuff because that's what people tell you to do. Even random strangers you're just taking advice from. Their opinion doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'll tell you, I've seen enough people where I actually think they probably ended up in the wrong career field they probably even ended up marrying a less than ideal spouse because well-meaning people wanted something for them that they weren't even sure they wanted for themselves. Think about how many times we sometimes just want stuff because we think that's what we're supposed to want. Like the world says, this is what's going to make you successful. This is what will make you happy. So you just got to go strive for those things. So you just start running after them, not even thinking about whether it's actually something that you really want for your life. I mean, even just think about New Year's right now. There's probably a handful of people in here. You got some type of resolution. Maybe you've even set some goals. Sometimes we don't even think about that. You just start setting goals because you're like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to lose weight. I'm supposed to eat better. I'm supposed to get in shape. I set no food goals, by the way. No goals at all. I'm going to keep eating cake and ice cream all year. Okay, there's no resolutions at all. Yes, get an amen for that. Um, here's, what's, here's what I've noticed about myself, though. And I've only just started seeing this in recent years. I am kind of an intense goal setter. That's just like my personality style. So I kind of love setting all the things and going after it. It was just in like the last year or two, I would get to the end of the year and like look over all the different goals I set. And I've started having these moments where I'm like, why did I set those goals? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending so much time and effort on this? I don't even want that. What am I doing? And so I want to ask all of us here again, what do you want? What do you really want? If you could have it in 2024, what do you want? Now, I think that question, though, sets up really well for what we're going to talk about today. And I actually think what we're going to lean into the next few weeks is perfect for the start of a year. I actually 
hope and pray that this sets a tone for our church in this coming year. And this is a topic I actually believe will help all of us align and guide our desires in the right direction so we can make sure that we actually want the right things. Now to set this up, I actually kind of want to kind of see if you notice a pattern with me if you can see where I'm going with this, and that'll kind of lead us into where we're going. There's a pattern in scripture. You'll see it pop up all the time. I want to see if you notice it. So first scripture I want to give as an example. There's a guy named Joseph, relatively well-known Bible character. At one point in Joseph's life, he's 17 years old. His brothers sell him into slavery to some Egyptians. And then, as far as you know, his life is over. We should never hear from him again. That's how it should go. But in Genesis 39... This is what it says about his life. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Now, let's take a minute here. If you actually read the life of Joseph, you'll notice he's, he was a pretty hardworking dude. He was actually a pretty high character young guy. He was exceptional in some ways. But did this passage say anything about that? Did it make any comments? I promise it's not a trick question. You can just, yeah, do one of these. Now, this passage mentioned, though, that Joseph prospered. Did you see the reason it gave for why he did? It said, the Lord was with him. Now, this passage also said that Joseph was successful. Now, who does the writer say gave Joseph this success? I promise not to just say God or Jesus. You'll be right 99% of the time in the church. God. Okay, good. That's good. Now, multiple times in this chapter alone, you will see that this writer is trying to make a very strong point. Look at verse 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. Verse 23. The Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Now, this is not just Joseph. Keep tracking with me. David, again, well-known character in the Bible. If you follow his life, there are multiple times you'll see comments like this one. And David became more and more powerful because the Lord Almighty was with him. Now, it doesn't say David got powerful because he was some good looking dude. It doesn't say he got powerful because he came from money. It didn't say daddy paid for his college or any of that stuff. It doesn't say he got more powerful because he amassed a huge social media following. There is only one single reason given for the influence and impact of David's life. God was with him. Now, this is not just some Old Testament thing. This, this is shown through the whole thing. So even the New Testament, what's so crazy about this is it's not even just individual people you see this dynamic play out on. It sometimes talks about entire communities of people. Look at Acts 11 talking about the early church. It says, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. God's very hand on this community of people led to eternities being transformed in massive amounts. Now, one last example, just so you can see where we're going here. This summarizes everything. This is Moses, again, pretty well-known person in the Bible. 
he makes a huge ask of God at one point in his life, one of his biggest prayers. And look what it says in Exodus 33. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight. Now God in this moment, not only grants Moses his request, he uses this as an opportunity to set his life on a trajectory that literally changes the course of human history, all because Moses found favor in God's sight. Now, this was said a few different ways, if you're following along. It says the Lord was with that person. The hand of God was with these people. But this is the idea that we are going to open 2024 with in a series we are calling Favor of God. Now, there are a lot of things we all want. Everybody in here, you have, you have things you want. But I'm telling you this, there is really only one thing you truly need. You need the favor of God. It is the one thing that can make a difference in your life more than anything else. It is the one thing that can change the course of your life more than anything else. It is the one thing that can help you access the power and presence of God in ways beyond anything you could have ever imagined. And in the next few weeks, I want to talk about what is this thing called the favor of God? How do you get this in your life? What does it look like if you have it? And how can you get more of it and access it? We're going to cover all of that in the coming weeks. Now, it was actually a couple years ago when I had this opportunity to emcee this big event for uh, youth in this city. And the headliner for the event was this guy named Gary Brackett. For the five men in the room that really care about who that guy is, um, Gary Brackett is a uh, Super Bowl champion linebacker. And he was, again, the big wig for this whole event. Now, Everyone has different levels of being starstruck. I'm going to be totally honest. I wasn't like oogling over this guy, but I was definitely aware like, okay, he's super famous, super rich, you know, an athlete, all the things. Now that wasn't what actually amazed me so much. What amazed me at this event in particular was as much as this guy had people just crowding him for autographs, he had all these reporters trying to ask him questions. Gary Brackett made time for me. This guy gave me his personal attention. He gave me a special level of access to him that nobody else at this entire event got. Gary Brackett gave me favor. So much so that he ended up opening doors for me to meet other famous athletes and NFL ownership and all these. It was actually a pretty crazy whole thing, but it opened a door to opportunities that I didn't even know were possible. And here's, here's what we know, though. It's one thing to get like an email from somebody. Maybe you appreciate that. It may be a text, you know, they give you a little thumbs up, you know, reply or whatnot. Maybe you even get a little social media comment from somebody. It's nice. But it's something totally different when you get the personal focused attention of somebody. When they truly give you their interest, when they invest in your life, and there's something even unique about when it's somebody who has influence or power or resources that you normally would not expect to give you the time of day, there's something about that that's just special. And sometimes it can even change the whole course of your life. Now, 
Gary Brackett is just a football player at the end of the day. This dude just tackled other men for a living for a couple of years. That's all he did, okay? No disrespect, but what does it look like to have the favor of God on your life? What does it look like to have the attention of the God of the universe on you? What does it look like for him to open the door to have access in a special way? Now, I love how one theologian defined the favor of God. He said, if I can try and sum it up as simply as I can, he said, I think I can do it in two words. This is simply what the favor of God is. It is demonstrated delight. The favor of God is the tangible evidence of God's approval in your life. It is God giving you attention and interest and even being coming invested in your life in a special way. Now, there is one passage in the Bible that I believe illustrates this better than any other passage to help us understand what this actually means. There's a guy in the Bible named Noah. And the minute you hear that name, you just thought of boats and giraffes' heads coming out of boats and coloring books. That's what you just thought of, all right? But that's actually probably not what you should first think of with Noah. There's actually a defining characteristic of his life that sets him apart even from pretty much anybody else in the Bible. This is what it says when you get introduced to Noah in Genesis 6. Noah found, what's the word? Favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, this language is so important. This is where we sometimes miss um, the power in the English translations. I'll just be honest. The literal translation and the idea here is God turned his face toward Noah. God set his eyes on him. And this is the idea that you see weaved out through the whole Bible when it talks about the favor of God. Let me give you another example. An Old Testament king, he's looking for help. So he goes to a prophet and look what he says to this prophet. Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me. The literal translation right there is seek God's face for me. Ask God to turn his face toward me. And this wasn't even a good king. Even this bad king knew. You know what? There's a lot of stuff I want, but what I really need is the favor of God. That's what I need right now. I need him to turn his face toward me. I need the attention of heaven right now on my life. And that's what it means. When you have the favor of God, the creator of the universe turns toward you and gives you his special attention. He invests in your life in a profound way. You have all of the resources of heaven available to you through the favor of God. Now, I have to be real careful here. I felt like this was kind of important to add. I'm going to do a little sidebar right now for just a minute or two because I don't want there to be any misunderstandings about what I'm talking about. And so I actually think it's important for us to take one second here as we head in this series to talk about what the favor of God is not. Because I know some people might be trying to fill in some of the gaps and wondering what this is. So let me be very clear. When I'm talking about the favor of God, what I am not talking about, number one, is prosperity theology. Now, if this is kind of a new terminology for you, what this basically means is God's favor is a means to help me achieve all my hopes and dreams. And if anybody's old enough in here, you remember those like late night TV preachers? Remember those guys are like, God wants you to have that car. He wants you to have that house. He wants you to be rich and wealthy. I don't know why they're always from Texas, but they just are. And 
And, and he's like, if you'll just send a check to the address below on the screen, it's going to happen for you while he goes and lives in his mansion, right? No. Okay, we are definitely not talking about that when we talk about the favor of God. So totally throw that out. We're not talking about this. Really, the favor of God, you got to understand, it's not ultimately about you living your best life. It's actually not ultimately about you avoiding pain and suffering. It actually might bring it into your life. We'll see that in a couple weeks. The favor of God is not even ultimately about you being happy. Just hear that. It's way bigger than that. It is actually way better than that. So let's not oversimplify this and, and miss what God's trying to talk about. So it's not that. It's also, though, the favor of God is not favoritism. You notice how anytime you add an ism to something, we, it just gets ruined. You know, you see that in our culture right now. Um, when we talk about favoritism, we're talking about the unfair treatment of a person or group in preference to another. You can use words like partiality, prejudice. It's making judgments based on just external characteristics about people. The Bible could not be more clear. This shows up multiple times. God does not show favoritism. So hear me. God gives favor, but he does not play favorites. Okay, those are two very different things. And let me do one other thing, though, just so we understand. The favor of God is not a formula. One thing I would be worried about over these next coming weeks is some people would leave our services and think, okay, so if I just do the right things or if I say the right things, if I press the right buttons with God, then I can guarantee outcomes in my life. You know, it's just like a formula I have to figure out. And you need to hear me right now. God is not somebody you can manipulate. You cannot force the hand of God. You can't press on him. And we're going to see through the series that there are definitely things you can control that are in your hands. But at the end of the day, the favor of God is in his hands. And he's the one who distributes it as he pleases. And one other little caveat I want to mention here. Um, sometimes when we do a sermon series, every sermon is kind of just an individual thing in and of itself. And we just kind of group it together. So it stands alone. This series is very important in that every single week, the sermons are actually going to complement, clarify, and complete the other ones. Okay, so this is a whole package deal. And so what that means is if you miss any of the weeks of the series, which I know things come up, you're out of town, whatever, I get it. You are not going to have a complete picture of what the favor of God is. You're only going to have a few pieces of the puzzle. You're going to be missing things. So I don't say this for every series. If you happen to miss any of the coming weeks, this is a great series to podcast, to join online with, so you can make sure you don't have any gaps in how you understand this concept, okay? So there's my little sidebar. Let me, let me really communicate this, though. The favor of God in your life changes everything. There is nothing else like it. And this is by no means a comprehensive list, but I want to give us, as we open up this year, just a little taste of what it can really do in your life. One thing that the favor of God does is it opens doors to God-sized opportunities. God's favor can actually unlock doors that no other person could open for you. It opens doors that you could never open for yourself. It will unlock opportunities that you could have never imagined for your own life. God is the only one who can do it. And I know we just finished Christmas, but I figure I'll mention this. Mary is actually somebody in the Bible described as having the favor of God on her life. And it leads to one of the greatest opportunities in human history. Look what it says um, in Luke chapter 1, verse 30. This is an angel talking to Mary. He says, Mary, you have found, oh, what is it? Favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. Oh my goodness. Do you see what the favor of God just did in this lady's life? The favor of God opened a door for Mary to conceive, carry, give birth and raise the savior of the human race. Okay, I don't know a single person that can open that door for you. Okay, that is a God-sized opportunity. Those are the types of things only God can do. And it changed the world forever. That single opportunity from God because of his favor on her life. Now, there's another thing God's favor can do in your life. It provides divine direction. Now, I don't know how often you have like these experiences. This happens to me all the time. I think this is just part of the human experience. How many times in your life do you have these moments where you're like, what in the world am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What is the right decision to make? And sometimes these decisions have massive implications for your life and you have no idea what to do. So you're like, uh, do I take the job? Do I marry that person? Do I dump this person? Do we have more kids? Do we make it physically impossible to have more kids? I only have two. I'm just going to say that, okay? So um, for what it's worth, do, do you move? Do you confront the person? Do you spend that money? Like there's so many different things where you're like, I have no idea what to do. I don't even know what God wants me to do. Like you feel lost. And here's what's so amazing. God through his favor can provide direction for your life even when you feel like you are totally lost and wandering around. I, I uh, mentioned Joseph a little earlier in the message. Here's what's kind of crazy about his experience because he had the favor of God on his life. As far as Joseph knew, his life was over. He wasn't looking for anything from God. He was just existing. He gave up. And it was for over a decade while he felt lost that God was literally directing every single step. He directed Joseph from a hole in the ground to the house of an Egyptian official to prison to ultimately being in charge of the most powerful country in the world at the time. God's favor is so good that even when you have no idea what to do or where to go, he makes sure you get to exactly where he wants you. And I'm telling you right now, for every person in this room, there are places God wants to take you this year. He has a path for you and you cannot make the map yourself. There's no way you're going to be able to navigate that thing alone, but God wants to direct your path this year. Now, let me do one more here. Again, I said it's not comprehensive, but the favor of God makes the impossible possible. There are things God is going to want to do in your life this year that are literally impossible for you. You don't have the connections. You don't have the strength. You honestly maybe don't even have the faith. You don't have the resources. You lack some critical elements to actually see the thing come to pass. And God designed it that way. He set it up to be that way. So you can only rely on him to see it happen. There are so many examples in the Bible. I couldn't even possibly cover them all, but I just wanted to touch one little one because it, it goes with our theme well. There's a man in the Old Testament named Gideon. He's a nobody. Very much potential there. And God approaches him and says, hey, I want to use you to deliver my people from an enemy nation. Now, this is an impossible ask in the situation they're in right now. I mean, this is like your YMCA rec league taking on Jokic and the Nuggets. There ain't no chance, all right? It is going to be a beat down, all right? This isn't even a game. And Gideon knows that. He's like, God, it's impossible. It is. And God says to him in Judges 6, he answers him, I will be with you. That's all God gives him. 
for his reason. And we're going to see this throughout the series. A real sign of God's favor is his very presence showing up in your life in these powerful ways. But now look how Gideon replies to God. He says, if I have found, oh, what is it? Favor in your eyes. If you have turned your face towards me, God, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. And if you read the rest of the story, you see how gracious God is because he actually gives Gideon a few miracles to help him build his faith. But then if the task is not impossible enough, God says, you know what? I just want to make sure um, I kind of mess with your life a little bit more, okay? And God says, how about we take out a couple thousand of your soldiers? Let's pare your army down just a few hundred guys. And you're going to see this in your life sometimes. God will sometimes intentionally make the situation in your life impossible. He's the one who's going to do it to you. Because he wants there to be no doubt that it was him that helped you get through that. See, the miracle, the breakthrough, it's just the favor of God. And so if you follow Gideon's story, against all odds, he and his ragtag group of guides defeat an entire enemy's army. It was impossible. But here's the thing. Impossible means nothing when you have the favor of God on your life. Now, some of you might hear this and you're like, cool, Brian, Bible stories. That stuff doesn't happen in real life, though. I don't see impossible things becoming possible. I don't see God moving in these ways. Well, I actually believe God still does this today in so many different ways. I remember um, a story of a new church from some years ago. They were just getting under their feet, kind of this fledgling little community, and they got to a moment where they had an opportunity to have their first permanent space. This is a big deal for a church. You know, you get a building, a home. They're super excited. They go through this whole process of making sure they can afford it and all these things and whatever, and it was in kind of this um, shopping plaza area. And as they're getting to the very end of this process, so excited that God's going to make a way and they got their first facility. Well, their neighbor, who was going to be their neighbor, was this furniture business. And they came in last minute and blocked the whole deal because they had the rights to that. And they said, absolutely not. We are not having a church as our neighbor. This is going to kill business for us. This will never happen. We're never going to let you guys come in. Now, most churches at that moment would be like, all right, we just got to take the L. You know, there's plenty of other buildings out there. It's time to move on. Well, this was not exactly that kind of church. And they said, you know what? We're getting this building. We're going to start seeking the favor of God for this thing. Nothing is impossible for him. So this church gets some of their volunteers together, and they get on these nasty, disgusting old buses, like gross, no air conditioning, whatever. And they drive to this building and go to the loading docks in the back. And they get out of these buses and get on their hands and knees and lay their hands on this building and say, God, we want this building. We are asking for you to give it to us. We need your favor. We can't do this. It's impossible. We need your hand to go before us. And so as they start praying and seeking, some weeks start to go by. And to everybody's shock and surprise, out of nowhere, this business that was blocking them went out of business. Now, it wasn't even just this one. All 77 locations closed down within a couple of weeks after this church started to pray. 
completely shut down. And within a few weeks after that, this church held a service at those very loading docks shortly after this happened. And they had a baptism service where they saw hundreds of people make a declaration for Jesus. And they saw miracles happen. They got the building. And even to this day, this church still has this building and has seen thousands of people's lives changed. Now, I know it's pretty cool. Now, you hear this story and some of you guys might be like, okay, Brian, I mean, that's probably just a coincidence. You know, businesses go out of business. You, you can believe that. But what I think is you better not get in God's way. You can't block him. You cannot stop the favor of God when he is pouring it down on somebody's life, on a church, a community, whatever it is. Now, let's make this a little more personal. Let's, let's bring this to our church. Um, there's a couple in our church named Nate and Lindsay Tidwell, amazing couple, great friends. They've been so faithful to this community, just love these guys. Um, they actually shared their story this last month on social media. The video is on YouTube. If you want to see it, I really recommend you go see it. They have a crazy story. But um, it was some years ago when Nate and Lindsay wanted to really start growing their family. They wanted to start having kids. And I know this is some other people's experiences as well. They, um, they really started to struggle. Uh, they had some miscarriage challenges. They then went through just real infertility. And so they tried the IVF route, which you guys know is costly and complicated. And that did not lead to the results they were hoping for either. So after trying all these different routes and paths, basically the doctors just told Lindsay, your body just can't carry a baby. That, that's just the honest truth. And so as devastated as they were, um, there was kind of a cool story in this where uh, a friend offered to be a surrogate and she actually carried a baby for, and that led to their first son, Benjamin, being born, which is a cool story in of, of itself. It's just a, a cool moment. No, we're grateful for that. It's cool. Um, long even after that moment, it was Lindsay who was driving home in her car one day, listening to the radio, and a song came on where the lyrics said, nothing is impossible for God. And so she just had this moment. She was just like, all right, God, you know what I've been praying for for years. And I've kind of moved on. But she said, I know those words to be true. I know nothing is impossible with you. So I'm going to pray one more time. And then I'm going to let it go. And I need to move on with my life. But if there is any way, God, for me to be able to conceive and carry a baby, that is what I'm asking for. So she just laid that one last prayer out to God. I know you can make all things possible, Lord. And what is kind of cool just about how this story came to an end is it was just in the last couple months here in 2023 when Nate and Lindsay welcomed their second child, little Amelia, into their family, their miracle baby. It's pretty cool. You got to see this. Nothing is impossible with God. God's favor makes the impossible possible. You need to see God's favor makes all of the difference. Favor is how Joshua brought a city to dust and ashes without even raising a sword. Favor is how David knocked a nine foot giant flat on his face. Favor is how Job endured the worst tragedy of his life. Favor is how Ruth moved to a new country and became the ancestor of Jesus himself. Favor is how Elijah called down fire from heaven. Favor is how Daniel survived a lion's den. Favor is how Esther saved her people from genocide. Favor is how Stephen faced a martyr's death with courage. Favor is how Paul wrote books of the Bible from prison. Favor 
Twitter is how an early little fledgling community of people became a movement of over 2 billion people who now worship the name of Jesus. I'm telling you today, everybody, there's nothing like the favor of God. There's nothing like it. Nothing comes close. And when I think about what I want for this church in 2024, would I love for us to have dynamic preaching every single week? Oh, you better believe it. I would love to preach the paint off the walls every single week. Can I tell you right now, I'm gonna lay a couple eggs this year, all right? You'll know when it happens. It's gonna happen, okay? Would I love for us to have such world-class kid spaces that when you pick up your kids, they are crying, not because of the experience in there, but because they don't want to leave. <laughs> Do I want that? I would love for that. Would I love for us to have a roof that doesn't leak? In Jesus' name, that would be the most amazing prayer answer this year. God, just no leaky roofs. I would love all these things. You know what I want more than anything else for this church? I want the favor of God. Because it doesn't matter how good the music is, how good the programs are, if we don't have God's favor, we're just playing church. This is a religious exercise that will be of no consequence in the grand scheme of things. But if my preaching is a little subpar, if we still have leaky ceiling tiles in the building, but we have the favor of God, nothing can stop this church from changing the world for Jesus. Nothing can stop this church from pushing back the gates of hell. Nothing can stop this church from making a God-sized dent in this world. I'll tell you what I want, everybody. I want the favor of God. That's what I want. And I want to ask you right now, what do you want? What do you really want? What do you want more than anything else? I'm telling you, you may want some more money right now. You may want to shed a couple pounds. You may want some things, but you know what you really need? You need the favor of God. You need God to turn his face toward you. That's what you need. Now, I actually asked Solon and our worship team to do something a little different as we open this year together. I wanted this to be a moment for our church as we set the tone for 2024. And there's actually a special blessing in the Bible that God instituted himself. He's the one who invented this. And he gives it to Moses so it can be spoken by the priests over his people. That's why God instituted this. We call this the priestly blessing. And actually we have the words of it right here in the Bible. This is what it is in number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Did you catch some of the words there? Face shine on you, turn his face towards you. You know what this is a blessing for? This is a blessing for the favor of God. This is what God instituted, to speak words of favor over your life. Now, I want you guys to know that when we plan these worship services, when Solon and I meet every single week, we take this very seriously. Solon and I sit down, we look through the lyrics of every single song. We look at the theology of every single song. We will never let a song on this stage that does not glorify the name of Jesus, lift up the name of God and direct our attention to him because that is what worship is about. And so we take that very seriously. We want to be a church that really directs our attention to worship to Jesus. Now, with that being said, there was actually a song written somewhat recently that actually put this priestly blessing to music. And the reason that this song is a little bit different is it is not so much a song that we sing to God. It is a song that is meant to be sung over God's people. It's actually a song that's meant to be sung over your life. And so there's even a refrain in the song that just says, amen, about these words. And it's this declaration of let this blessing come to pass in your life. May it be true for you. May God's words become a reality. And so to set the tone for 2024, for your life, for our church, I asked someone on our team, I said, would you guys sing this blessing over our people? Would you sing this blessing over our church? And I would love for you as our team sings to just let these words wash over your life. And you may just wanna sit and receive this song. You might get to a moment where you're like, I just gotta stand and lift my hands. Whatever you feel comfortable with in response to this song, you are free to do. But as our team sings these words over you, my prayer is that this blessing for the favor of God will become a reality in your life and in our church. So I'm going to let our team sing it right now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.